Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Breaking Western Podcast. We are in season two talking to influencers and influential people within the Western industry. Abby, who do we have on today? You know, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> I love her already. I've loved, I've loved her <laughs> online presence. We love to follow her in this last couple of minutes. She is even better than she seems online. You yes. probably know her music. You've probably read her writing. I know you've seen her travel photos, and I know you've seen her iconic Make America Cowboy Again shirts yes. today. Or have. the knockoffs. <laughs> or the knockoffs. <laughs> <laughs> We've got Adrian Brannon. Woo! Yeah! What's up, girl? Hello. <laughs> How are you today? all the boxes today yes what do we say uh, breakfast beer dark haired men and mac and cheese done yes all the best things in life seriously <laughs> all the best things in life are like you know have Bad beards and have carbs and have beards yeah. and carbs <laughs> brought you on because obviously you're super influential within the western industry and (laughs) far far beyond we've read your dear cowgirl posts for dare i say years now the make america cowboy again merch has come out in the last i would say year or so um you know it's actually crazy it's been around since 2017 um really even realize until the other day yeah but it's just really exploded in the last year which is really crazy and i actually kind of think that that might be in part due to like some of our copycats, which has been awesome. I'm like, thanks guys, keep it up, keep using that hashtag. You're just spreading the word. I appreciate it. Oh, that's so good. It <laughs> is so funny because I've been reading from a lot of people recently, and I don't know why yeah. this keeps coming up, but oh, maybe you know what? It's Shaylee who who keeps talking about, um, you know, doing what you do, doing it well, mm-hmm. and not paying attention to the people who are trying to. Like naysay yeah, you, copy that. you, and how good work and hard work really speaks for itself. Ugh. You, you know, I so I think you're talking West Desperado, right? Uh huh. Yes, ma'am. Really, yeah. Yes. I, you know, she's really she said some really really good things about that on Instagram. I totally agree with her in that way, and I I struggled with that for a few years. Like really, it just broke my heart because it was like I was so excited about something that I was trying to build, like this brand. control any of that you can't control people who are copying you obviously it's a great thing um the slogan is phenomenal the dear cowgirl posts are great and we see it knocked off and copied all the time 
And this is something we talked about a lot in first season of people getting copied, designs sent overseas and mass produced here and taken away from the makers. Um, But that's really great advice to just kind of let that go because you can't control it and it really does kind of take over your life. You know, at the end of the day, it's it's so true. You, the only person that you can control is you. And you know, like I'll see people copy your cowgirl posts all the time, and it used to it used to bother me. And then oh, a while ago, I went, oh my gosh, Adrian, like who the heck cares if they're inspired by that and that makes them think they're own dear cowgirl, and maybe that will help somebody else. Like that's wonderful. At at its core, that's what your cowgirl's about. Like at at its core. Anger is never going to get you anywhere. Resentment's never going to get you anywhere. Like, pour mm. another cup of coffee and go, well, hey, <laughs> somebody else wrote a letter. That's great. <laughs> but it's, and it's such a beautiful approach and really speaks to the power of just positive thinking and really that self-love that once you release all of that, it opens up so much more space for you to keep creating things that, like you said, turn around and inspire mm. people to live their best lives or to create something beautiful of their own. Well, and don't you guys think, I mean, I don't know about you girls, but like, don't you think it's really difficult in our world today, especially as young women? I think we're all probably pretty much around the same age. Um, I know I only, I, I only act like I'm 15. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who gave me a license in but oh dear God. <laughs> but it's, it's really difficult in today's world because like, I mean, I know we all read this in the magazines when people are like, oh, there's so much pressure online. No, there's so for much real. freaking pressure out there for women to have it all together. And mm. there's so much pressure in so many ways. Like, you should have a rockin' business like, you know, this person. You should have a rockin' body like this person. You should have a rockin' morning schedule like this person. And you should be juggling it all while, you know, having point two point seven kids. And a husband that looks like a rock star model in the perfect house. And at some point, you got to go, you know, my tummy rolls over twice when I sit down. Sometimes, Word. Sometimes my jeans uh, literally don't fit in the morning. So I'm going to choose to, like, wear Carhartt pants. And, you know, a lot of the time, my business stuff is not together. Why? Because I'm human. My gosh, give give people some grace. <laughs> oh yes and I we've all been there we've all had yeah. that moment where you kind of have to fold in half to button up your jeans yes or, like the contorting of the hips you, and you're like in your jeans halfway yeah. you squiggle okay, into them but you don't see it have you ever done the hair tie trick seriously it's a godsend on your button yep yes yes <laughs> learn, it, learn it from my pregnant best friend yes Hey, food babies are legitimate, okay? They count. We love them just as much. It, they bring us just it, as much joy. burrito baby. I don't want extra soda and there we go. sour cream. There <laughs> it is. <laughs> oh, my God. It really is about, like, enjoying yourself, though. Like, enjoying your life, finding some balance, finding some people you can inspire along the way that are also real. Because, like you said, there's so much pressure to be perfect online. Nobody is. Um, but kind of talk a little bit about how you feel that pressure um, I know you talked about it's gotten better for you and you felt like some of that, you know, you've been able to step away from, but talk a little bit about, you know, maybe what people think or put on to you that you should be. Yeah. You know, it's really funny. I think in the last, I want to say in the last year, really, um, honestly, a lot of things have changed for me. I, 
I definitely used to, um, well, A, I think the, the way that I think about myself has changed. And, you know, you just used a word, you just said balance. Mm. And, like, I, I am a very all or nothing person. My dad, um, I'm very much like my dad. Like I will, you know, I woke up, um, one morning and decided I'm going to run four miles and I was probably 45, 50 pounds overweight. And I like, I was like, I'm going to go run four miles or I'm going to die trying. And it's like, Oh no, you're going to just die. Like, yeah, you might. <laughs> you're going to just die. But that's kind of my mindset with everything. And when I started realizing that it, you can't sustain that kind of insanity for mm. the rest of your life and that you do have to find balance, things got way better. And that balance kind of applied to everything in life. And this is going to sound, um, and it, this might make some people uncomfortable, but I think really everything for me changed when I let the Lord back into my life. And that was what let me remember that I was worth loving and that sounds mm. so cliche but I had gotten to a point in my life a few years ago where I, I didn't like me and some of that was because I was allowing what other people thought or what I put into other people's space like what I thought that they might think yeah. dictate what I did and I realized um I I, I think our and I don't know that the online world is completely to blame. I think my my brain and our kind of current culture um, contributed, you know, in in kind of in mass together. But I I started worrying so much about fitting into this kind of box that would make people happy. And every time I would step out of that box in my own little individual ways, you know, wearing a different shaped hat maybe wearing something that made certain people feel uncomfortable, saying certain things that made people uncomfortable, talking about subjects like domestic violence and abuse that made people feel uncomfortable. Um, those sorts of things, when you step out of your lane and people punish you for it, it's a really scary thing because if your livelihood depends on that in our cancel culture, that's mm. terrifying. Um, mm -hmm. And that was something that I just... I had to let go of. I'm not cancelable. Like in, in my brain, I'm like, no, I'm a human. I'm not an online program. I'm a human with opinions and views and my own identity. And that's not able to be destroyed because my worth is not found in other people. And then looking at, okay, well, what, what do I want to, what do I want out of life? Well, I want to be happy and make a positive impact. And I don't think of that as being like an influencer, quote unquote, or anything like that. Just, um, I, I want to live my life with joy. And you literally cannot live your life with joy if you're worried about what people think all the time. Um, and so, I, I, hi, I'm Adrian. I'm blonde and I like sugar. I just totally got my rabbit trail. But it really is amazing when you step back and you kind of examine your life. Wake up in the morning and go, okay, what choices am I making today that are based on what I actually want? Like, who do I want to hang out with? I cut down my friend circle um, a while ago, and it was really difficult. It was really hard because I recognized that some of the people I had in my life were not 
contributing to the person I wanted to be. And you are who you hang around. Mm -hmm. I realized I wasn't living day to day the way that I wanted to live. I was living how I thought the world thought a musician should live. And I didn't like it. Um, And so when I started going, okay, well, what do I want out of life? And then you do it. Your life literally changes overnight. It's amazing. Um, And I'm kind of to the point now where, you know, the online stuff is so wonderful. And it's positive for me. But it's positive for me because I've curated it that way now. Um, And, like, years ago, there was somebody, oh, God, years ago that had this blog. It was a hate blog. It was hilarious. It was just (laughs) constant posts about all the things that they hated about me, which is actually... Kind oh, just for you. Just you specifically. Yeah. Woo, woo, buddy. It was, it was, it was us. Really <laughs> I would not recommend if you're, like, in a not a good place reading a blog oh. about why somebody hates you. No. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> Even if you're in a good place, I'm yeah. not sure. <laughs> That's a way to go to a bad place yeah. real quick. Real quick. Yeah. Not, oh. a, not a fun experience. But, you know, once you once you realize that all of that hate is, is people being unhappy with themselves and it sounds cliche but there's so much pain in people that try and hurt others once Mm. you let go of that and you go I can't control that I can't I can't control what they think about me I can only control how I act and what I do and and that's it it releases you from so much pressure and maybe that's a very like stoic mentality that I have now I I don't know maybe I've been reading too many Marcus Aurelius um books (laughs) But it is a very freeing feeling to realize, okay, you know, it's okay to, I'll take weeks at a time off from social media if I feel like it. I won't text people back for a month if I need that. And we kind of validate people by their busyness now. And I would rather validate myself by my joy. Oh, that is beautiful. Oh, my gosh. Angela and I keep looking at each other just like, uh. Uh, goosebumps all over. Um, Adrian, when is your birthday? What astrological sign are you? I'm curious. Capricorn. Ah, there it is. All right. My mom is a Capricorn. Yes, yes, very much so. Oh, that's like everything about that. I don't even have like a single thing to add to that. No, there were some things were pinging around in my brain the whole time, and now I'm just like, you know what? It doesn't even. You know what? Period and dot. That was good. So my question. No, No, it was amazing. My follow up question to you then would be, how do you feel like that's then? been reflected in your art and everything that you're giving back to people like how is this journey fueling you oh my gosh it's been the most beautiful feeling as an artist because I I don't know about you guys I always I'm such a conflicted person I'm like I'm the essence of a tortured soul a (laughs) tortured artist Uh, can't relate yeah What just happened here? (laughs) (laughs) It's a horrible feeling. It's like, wait, I can feel that I'm doing this. Stop this, Adrian. And then it's like, no, I must be miserable so I can write the word. Then I can create. (laughs) From pain comes beauty. Do you guys want me to pick you up some carbs? 
Yeah, uh, yes, we'll put the beer in the fridge. Honestly, Cracker Barrel has fire mac and cheese. Oh. I don't care what anyone oh. says. I love it. I'm there yes, for their chicken and I, dumplings. Ooh. Now I need carbs. Okay, shoot. Now we have a lunch date. <laughs> we were, nice. we're halfway on our way to biscuits and gravy. We just couldn't That's get our shit together this Which morning. Which felt to, like, very Adrian of us to be like, I know. can cook some mean gravy. <laughs> in your music too Absolutely. i would say be- between you know your release of your fourth album desert dwell and mama and what you had put out before and it's all fantastic but you can definitely feel a growth and a shift in you not just lyrically not just sonically but like an overall like picture. the energy that, yeah. that comes through yeah. from that is, yeah. is so distinct mm-hmm. uh, it's so interesting that you guys say that because like i've had people tell me that and they've said it in not a, maybe a negative way, but almost like a, okay, but what are you doing? Like, we can't tell where you're going. And I'm like, sorry, dude, there's no telling where this train's <laughs> rolling now. It's a narrow gauge, narrow gauge, and it's on its way. I have no idea where it's going. Would love you to know? tell you, but I also have no idea. <laughs> but that's part of art, too. Mm-hmm. Like, how dare people want to put an artist in a box? You're creating something that's never been made before, and that's the point of what it, comes is to be come. unique. Mm-hmm. Except that I think that so often for people, art is safe. And yeah. especially within where the community that I I started in. Yes. You know, I started, I started singing when I was 14 professionally. My first paid gig was when I was 14. Um, and I... I was writing about things that I loved in a very, very kind of innocent and childlike way. Um, I started writing when I was, I guess, like 12 or 13. And previously to that, I'd done opera. And I loved opera and classical music just because my mom, when we lived in Scotland, when we lived overseas, my mom really instilled uh, this just incredible love for the classics. And my sister and I, because we would always go listen to um, live music, at St. Andrews, and it was it was just this wonderful kind of understanding of that art could be anything that you that you needed it to be. And so when I when I started writing, it was very like I wasn't worried about what people were thinking. That there was never a thought about you know what's somebody going to think about this. It was like oh I like these cows, I like these horses. I just pretty much just rediscovered Nevada and. Um, that's what I care about. So that's what I wrote about. And it, it's been interesting to see that change because as I've grown older, I think it's made some people uncomfortable, but you know, my life also hasn't been very comfortable. Um, mm. it's been greatly blessed in, in very many ways. Um, and I'm so extremely grateful every morning that I wake up and I, I get to do what I love for a living. But also, nothing that I've created has ever come out of A, feeling safe, or B, um, anything easy. And Desert Dwell and Mama was my supposed last album, actually. Mm-hmm. I I had recorded, um, I'd recorded that album once. So I, I wrote that album and pretty much thought, you know, I was kind of in that really bad place in my life where I was like, you know, I don't feel like it's worth me creating music anymore for people because um, 
several albums have been copied. Like, there, there was just so much kind of strife and turmoil going on in the cowboy world, it felt like to me, and in the cowboy music world in this weird way. And I was, even though I was pretty detached from it, it still, it still kind of negatively impacted me. Um, and I thought, you know, I'm just going to write whatever the hell I want to write. And I'm going to write about what I'm feeling right now and what I felt. And, like, there are songs on that album, every single every single song in that album is something that I feel very intensely because it's, it's, it's the first time I think I actually allowed myself to be fully Adrian. And not that any of the previous albums like Buckaroo Girl or Highway 80 or Boots and Girls were, like, were me not being me, but it was the first time I felt safe to be completely open and it was terrifying i i was like this is gonna be the last album i'm gonna write about these things i'm gonna put it out there everybody's gonna hate it but i'm gonna have kind of made my last stand and been like here <laughs> like screw it like this this is wrong like, this is the hill i will die on yeah yeah and if you don't like it then you know you may all go to hell and i'll go to texas <laughs> And they'll both be high. It was such a beautiful (laughs) gift in the end because I really didn't give a damn when I wrote that album. And Mm. I went in, uh, our home, my family's home had burned in the Thomas fire at the time. And I got really bad smoke inhalation from it. And I damaged my dang voice and my lungs. And um, I went in and we were set to record this album in January. The fire was in December. uh, And we went in to record it. and, And I... I couldn't do it. We got halfway through it, and it was just terrible. And I, it broke my heart. I was like, wow, okay, this album is not meant to be made. And I went mm. back to the ranch I was on in Utah, and I I hit out. And I just worked, and I wrote more. I finished the book, and then um, I let my voice heal. And I didn't sing for, like, I think I did one show in Elko, and other than that, like, I didn't sing for basically a year. I just bought cows and took care of cows and hauled water and chopped wood and tried not to freeze to death and really enjoyed <laughs> myself. And then when I finally was able to record that album and did it and put it out, it was like, oh, people are not going to like this, and that's dangerous. You're going to call up a lot of things that you might not be ready for and I, I I questioned it and then and then I sent it out there and it was so incredible because the for the for the first time in my life I think I I actually I, I will say I think that was the one brave thing I've ever done which was being terrified to put that out there and then I did it and I think the Lord just really enfolded me and took care of me and took care of that album as, as silly as that sounds and so many wonderful things have have come about from it that I I wake up every day and just go oh my gosh like I'm so blessed by this album it's ridiculous like I don't deserve it <laughs> but but it was really scary because there's things in that album that you know you listen to a song Black Rock Woman or you mm. listen to Gunpowder on the Wind well, it's not hard to figure out what the heck I'm talking about. I yep, mean, yep. it's not it's not Indiana Jones. I didn't really make this like national treasure. <laughs> um, you don't have to dig too deep to, to figure out that, you know, we're talking about 
about things like violence and being scared of dying and trying to protect yourself and failing and, and suicide and body image and carbs, which, I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, those are the best things in life. <laughs> There's so much freedom in that, though, and being able to, to speak all of those things that you've been feeling for so long and put them out there and give them to the world and say take it or leave it, but I've, I've given it to you. Mm. And then, and then to, you know, move forward and give yourself space to grow in in whatever direction you choose. Yeah. It's a really incredible feeling as an artist and as a human, because like, for me, my art and my personal life, like there's no separation. Mm. I mean, there there really isn't. And I, I struggle with that greatly. That's one of my great downfalls and being a workaholic, combined with intense passion is really exhausting (laughs) Um, but it is it's very freeing because at some point you just set your art down and go okay here you are I love you and all your imperfections go out and make of the world what you will Mm. Uh, so beautiful so So then how do you bring that all together because so much of your art is centered on your lifestyle and like the Western world and everything you've experienced. So how do those two, like, how do you find the balance there? But how do they also like lift each other up? Mm. God, I have no idea. If I figure it out, I will let you guys know. You know, I used to, I used to feel like it was so funny. I used to feel like so condemned when I went to school. So I was homeschooled. My first day at college was my first day ever in a classroom. And I was flipping freaked out when I went to school. I mean, flipped out like it, it was it was a total mess it was like oh my gosh it wasn't the Beverly Hillbillies going to town it was like Buckaroo girl's here and she's about to mess everything up and she's gonna argue with with you about economics and she doesn't get social norms and by the way she wore moccasins to class it was not good. this girl climbed um, out of a tree and came in here <laughs> that was so bad but when I went to school there was it was so funny because I got some backlash from people because they were like, well, you sing cowboy music, you have to cowboy full time. Mm. Well, that's an interesting thing because I put that judgment on other people for years. You know, mm-hmm. what the hell are you if you're singing cowboy music and you don't cowboy? Yes. If you've never cowboyed, yes. what are you doing? Like, I don't, I, I, I was definitely that person that was like, I don't believe that, you know, that's really as authentic feeling of art as maybe art produced by somebody who had done those things. But what that did teach me, you know, because I moved to town when I went to school and it was such a weird, um, it was such a weird thing to feel judged for choosing to go get an education. And then I, I realized it, it all tied back to that whole not really caring what people think and realizing, you know, I mean, yeah, I could cowboy full-time, I guess, but I just, I don't want to. I want to produce art, and, and you know, I have done the things that I've sung about, so I'm not going to worry about it. Mm-hmm. And now, now looking at what that means for me is that, um, you know, I own my own cows, and I really enjoy that. I'm the first person in my family that, that owns bovine and and that was a really cool moment for me a few years ago. And I don't really talk a lot about that because it doesn't really, it, to me, like, it, it, it doesn't matter. I like cattle and I like horses. And every time I get to be horseback, songs pour out of me. 
But every time I'm on the road going to a show to sing for other people, they, it pours out of me too. And every time I pack up my teepee in my bedroll and I go, you know, live somewhere different on the road for a few weeks, it pours out of me. And every time that I go to a, a museum in, you know, London and sip tea out of a teacup, it pours out of me. And there's, <laughs> I, for me, I think we limit ourselves so often by saying, you know, well, we're in the Western community. So that by default has to ostracize us from all the other incredible things in the world. And I so disagree with that mentality because I want, I want it all. Mm. I am so greedy for life. I want it all. I, I want to wear ball gowns and, and dance in castles in Scotland and speak French and sip wine in Italy and, and travel to South America and be a dirty, dirty hippie and, you know, on, on the beaches. And I want to wear starch jeans and rope and learn new things and take care of my cows. And I want to raise kids in the dirt and I want to garden and I want to raise my own food and kill my own food. And I want to wear false eyelashes while I do it. just exploded. Sam. <laughs> I just looked at Angela with like light tears in my eyes for a moment. Just like, oh my God. <laughs> well, it's so hard because I think we feel so judged too. Like, and you know, because going back to the, the social media thing as well, that like, you know, lives are so curated online. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely, I mean, online is where you share the highlight reel. Yes. People don't see, you know, you can look at the punchiest, most badass, you know, son of a gun on Instagram and guaranteed, man, that was a carefully chosen photo because <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but like, I'll go do stuff in slippers and yoga pants if it needs to be done at the time. And like, I'm not going to look punchy doing it. But you know what? I think Darren is the true <laughs> essence of punchy. Yes, yes. If you could do it in slippers, you're the real deal. You're you're punchy. <laughs> it's, those, it's those like slide on sheepskin slippers that you always end up losing, and then like cussing yourself out for later and being like, "Why didn't I just freaking grab the muck boots? Why? Come on!" <laughs> or the dog chews up one, and you're like, "Oh, oh can I just order one?" <laughs> or or why didn't I just get dressed? <laughs> yes, yes. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really, it's, it's hard though, and I don't think I have, I don't think I have the answer or all of that figured out, but I do know that my mindset about it has changed since, you know, from the time I was a teenager and a, and a young kid kind of starting um, in the music world and to now, and I guess now I'm not just in the music world, I don't even know what I am anymore, <laughs> I'm just weird. <laughs> You're just living your best life. Well, I, I I am. I'm so blessed. It's ridiculous. I wake up every day and look at myself and go, self, can you believe that we get to have this life? Whoa! I love that. Yeah, and as somebody that has kind of dabbled in both the country and Western music legs of the world, um, 
the music industry as a whole is without a doubt very toxic in a lot of ways. And both on the industry side and on your audience side and within yourself, like it's very hard to be um, any sort of healthy human being when you're dabbling in the music world. Um, But this morning I was listening to Facebook Buckaroo and I want to get to that song specifically because it is a banger. (laughs) Number one, it is a banger. But number two, like when I, I mean, I've listened to the whole album and I've listened to it a lot of times, but this morning hit differently. Like I was thinking about this conversation I was thinking about what we wanted to talk to you about. And there's some savage lines in that song. Like, so good that unless you're really sitting there thinking about it, like, the people that it's, I don't want to say directed at, but kind of, like, they may not even pick up on that, what they're doing online that's so toxic of putting people in a box and saying, you're not cowboy if, or or you can't cowboy if. Like, what, are are you a cowboy or do you cowboy? Right, right. There's so many of these conversations and it's like, we are too small of a population to be dividing hairs like this. Like, we need to promote what we love. We need to get out there. Like, you know, I think of recently online, it's been a huge topic of Yellowstone, the TV show. Like, is it portraying us in a good light? Like, (laughs) what did you think? Uh, It's art, guys. My gosh. It's art. Like, of course we know that people don't ranch like this if they did my god everybody would ranch if ranching and farming was like that holy heck sign me up baby like, i'll go live on that so seriously and I've compared it before to like Grey's Anatomy where I have plenty of friends that are nurses that watch Grey's Anatomy and go okay actually you wouldn't give that dosage or that prescription (laughs) like that's not how that goes down that is a HIPAA violation but like it's art it gives people an appreciation a little window into what's actually going on yeah yeah absolutely But Facebook buckaroo, let's get back to that. Sorry. <laughs> Angela, All of a sudden, I'm like, I have how, things I have to say. How do I talk about Rip Wheeler? Um. So this is, this is actually the first time I guess anybody's ever directly asked me about that song. I, it so. actually, I actually wrote it when it originally was MySpace buckaroo, if you can believe that. Ah, <laughs> okay, so we are the same age. Oh, yes. Everything That's about that. something else 
give yourself a little bit of grace, everybody screws up. And then I would think about these people that are so passionate about cowboy and like it's so wanna be in the cowboy world. And like, so what if you think they're a dick? That mm. doesn't matter. Mm. Like, I'm not gonna judge a person based on if they're a good cowboy or not. I've dated some really good cowboys that weren't good humans. I mean, yeah, message that keeps coming through from everything you're saying is that you can have it all just give yourself permission to live your best life and it will come to you Mm -hmm. absolutely and believe that you deserve it too like nobody said you had to be miserable you Mm -hmm. you so deserve to have joy you do oh how Right I know. Oh, I would love cheers, nothing more. Hug, cheers, hug, tears. thank you to you enough for creating that really beautiful safe space that Mm -hmm. like comforting corner of the internet where Mm -hmm. people can go to to get that like you said that little bit of positivity that that moment it's like at least somebody said it Mm -hmm. they're like oh somebody else sits down and has like a roll in their stomach or maybe five or six like (laughs) shoot i'm not i'm actually that's okay to talk about and yeah. it, like, yes. that's powerful. It, it's so important. It really is. It's so true. It's amazing how when one person talks about something, the, the trickle-down effect of bravery in that way, no matter what topic it's about, it's such a beautiful thing to see people feel safe to talk about things. And, like, I know there's people who be like, oh, safe space, really? Like, y'all are so like, No, like, really, <laughs> truly, the feeling safe to be human, wow, in our world, what a gift. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So for all of you listening, if you haven't read any of Adrian's 
Dear Cowgirl work. If you haven't listened to her music, absolutely go seek that out. Check her out right now. Adrian, where can people find you online? Um, we're online at buckaroogirl.com. Um, and then right now, you know, you can find music on iTunes. Just look for Buckaroo Girl or Desert Dwelling Mama. Um, also, Facebook, Instagram. Instagram, I actually recently changed. Well, not recently. I kind of had a little bit of a breakdown, and I cut off all my hair and ran away to Scotland for a little while and changed my Instagram handle. It happens. Was, Haven't we all? Yeah, yeah, it happens. I bought a one-way ticket to London, and I was like, bye, Bob. Um, but uh, I changed the Instagram handle to Adrian B. Brandon, which I have no idea why. It just seemed like the thing to do on a long flight to London. Um, so right there on Instagram, and we're on everywhere else is Buckaroo Girl. And uh, when I get past 30, does that mean that I can't be Buckaroo Girl anymore? Oh, true. I think that's you know a state what? of mind. It's under 100, I think. After that, we'll worry about it. We'll worry about that later. Well, Adrian, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us today. We really appreciate it. We love your audience and your work and what you do. And our hearts it's are just, just so full. amazing. I think we'll go eat some biscuits and think about you and uh, this conversation. We're feeling so inspired and just can't wait to continue to create and, and see what you do next. Thanks so much, guys. I think I'm gonna go get some sweet tea and fried okra, and uh, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same thing. I can't I can't wait till I get to hug you guys in person. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Oh, we love it. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks so much, guys. Well, everybody, this has been another episode of the Breaking Western Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you all in the next one.